Welcome to The Challengers, a VCCP business podcast series where in each episode, a girl goes deep into the woods, challenges a bear, and a podcast ensues. With thanks to the B2B leaders featured for their candour on meeting business place demands and ensuring the B2B experience is every bit as powerful as consumer experiences. Welcome to today's Challenger podcast. I'm Jo Parker, Group CEO of VCCP Business, And today I am delighted that we are talking to Pete Markey. Pete is Chief Marketing Officer for Boots, where he is responsible for brand and marketing for the UK and ROI. Pete is also the Executive Sponsor for Marketing for Change and the Boots Pride Network. Pete has had many senior leadership roles, including TSB, Aviva, the Post Office, RSA and Maldan. He's a highly experienced director, having worked across a range of disciplines, including marketing, sales, digital, data, customer experience, operations and strategy. He's been awarded four prestigious uh, Marketer of the Year awards, is a fellow of the Marketing Society and the Chartered Institute of Marketing. I know something he's really proud of that he was awarded in 2019, the Diversity Ally uh, Award for at the European Diversity Awards for his work on diversity, equity and inclusion. He's also Vice President for ISBAR, a member of the MMA and the Chair of the Solent University Business Advisory Board. I'm not sure that's enough, Pete, actually. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> exhausting. Congratulations. Um, so warm welcome. Now, um, we're in the woods and we come across the bear and um, of course the bear represents a big scary business and marketing challenge so my first question to you is what would be your bear and why my bear is all around brand purpose and i think um businesses that that, that don't fully deliver on a brand purpose and make it real and really embed it in a business is the bear that slightly drives me mad as opposed to those businesses that really mean it and deliver it and use it to drive real value for customers and particularly I saw quite a lot of that in my banking and insurance days. Yeah and do you think what what's driving that sort of greenwashing's being used isn't it as a term is it lack of knowledge and understanding on behalf of brands and agencies might maybe or you know what what do you think's behind that? I think there's a bit of that I also think it it's also the role of the marketing team to within those businesses drive really hard what a real purpose is as opposed to it being a poster that hangs in the reception. And uh, I once years ago uh, applied for a job with a large insurance company that I I didn't in the end get. But I remember meeting the CEO at the time and asking him about the brand purpose and whether it was embedded or not, because I, I, I wasn't, I couldn't see it in the communication or their products or anything. And he pointed to the lanyard he was wearing around his neck and said, well, of course it's embedded. I'm wearing this lanyard. I remember a moment of thinking that just, I'm trying to explain to him that's just not it because, you know, you can, you can deliver a slogan expression, say we're about this thing, but actually if your products and services, if your experience is not laddering up to that, then your purpose is falling flat and not realizing its full growth potential. So I think, I think for me, it underlines the role of marketing to be a bigger change agent than just, through communication, marketing should be influencing culture, the products and services, the environment in which products are sold, and so on. So actually, it becomes a lot more about how the business shows up as opposed to how the business communicates what it does, which is a much bigger leadership role. So I, I think it points is a failure 
on us as marketers to not do more to, to ground that and land that as well. It's all about actions, not words, isn't it? We, you know, as you say, imbued in every part of the organisation. And do you see from the consumer behaviour that that's something that they're asking for, that they're demanding and your employees too, presumably? You're seeing that? Yeah, increasingly so. I mean, every, every study I look at shows the power of really strong engagement linked to what your business is, is there to do in terms of how your employees show up each day and they're clear on the role that they're there to help deliver that purpose, but also for customers to see something different. And I I feel particularly, I mean, having left banking nearly a year ago now, banking, I think, is notorious for, for, for brands that are just so similar now in terms of what they do and, and the race towards, you know, let's just have the, the next best app. You know, a lot of discussions I end up involved with was how do we make ourselves more like Monzo? And it you know, actually, well, that's interesting, but what what is it about your brand, your banking brand, your financial services brand that that is distinctive, that that is is unique, that is doing something for customers outside of we do mortgages and credit cards and we do current accounts? What is it about your your brand? You know, there's big brands in there now. You know, the Virgin brands in there in a big way, and it's sort of my challenge would be you know are some of these brands really clearly delivering a purpose that's different for customers as opposed to just having slightly different advertising or a different logo. Is it all becoming much of a muchness? And um, so I think there's enormous opportunities in a lot of these sectors to, to really deliver for customers and ultimately for employees as well. Who do you think is doing it well? Is there anybody you sort of admire in this space? I think it's really interesting. I think if I look at one of the newer brands, Klarna, who are a, largely a, a payment brand in financial services, I think have done a, a really good job at creating something that, that that has a core customer need and purpose at its heart, but also is very differentiated in their offering and, and, and what they do. Um, I probably would be biased in arguing if I go back to my old job that I think TSB have made a, I think a good start in, in, in setting out a path that's quite different and have since TSB came back, back in 2013, to be to try and be different to the larger banks in terms of what they're offering and the support they give at community level and also into helping people uh, grow more confident in money and what they do. Um, so I think TSB is not, not, not a bad example as well. But it, take, it takes a lot, of, a lot of bravery, I think, to set out a, a clear and different position and for the whole business to align and get behind it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it takes time. It's, it's not a, an overnight thing, that's for sure. Clearly something that you feel really strongly about. How, how does sort of purpose and impact guide what you and the work you've done and are doing? Well, it's become increasingly important. I, I um, Over probably the last 10 years, the different brands I've worked in, it's become something that I've championed getting into. What, almost, what, are, we here, what are we here to do as a business? How does that ladder back to why we were first founded? And how does that affect and guide our decisions now and what we're here to do? And then as you hinted out earlier on, it's, in, it's bigger than just what products we sell, but the societal impact we make as a business, the difference we're making in, in shaping a positive world or new future. Um, and that's front and centre in Boots, which is brilliant. And, it, and it's been front and centre in the work we've done most recently on the Boots Purpose again. Um, but it's become, I think, increasingly important because these things used to sit, I think, in quite a disconnected way. It was sort of, well, where's our CSR strategy over here? And, and what yeah. are we doing? What, are we, what products are we selling over here? And I think all this is, is, is morphing together in a way where consumers are caring around the values of the business that you're in, the products you sell, how you sell them, what you do with them. 
and then what the biggest societal or global impact of that thing is. Um, all these things are more interconnected. So my journey over the last 10 years has been more about bringing those bits together in the knowledge of knowing that, that, that you know, we have to have a connected story and it has to be real and genuine and authentic um, because that's what customers are expecting. I think a lot of people listening to this podcast would violently agree, but they're also maybe stuck in a sort of state of fear because you put your head above the parapet and no brand, no organisation is perfect. Of course they're not. No individual is perfect, but there will be pressure from different groups and different perspectives. And so, you know, we see a lot of inertia because driven from fear so how would you counsel people on that what would you say yeah it, it's um it, it's very real and I've, I've been there so I do I do empathize with that um I think it's about for me first we're getting a really strong fact base together around the journey other brands have been on and the impact that it's made and working with great agencies like VCCP you know and others I think gives you a chance to work with 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 people that have been there and done it, who've got the experience to go, oh, we've seen it done better. And, and bringing some of those different voices in definitely, definitely can help. And then it's about finding allies within the business, people that can come on the journey with you and bring people on that journey, particularly your executive team, and um, find a way to really engage them and involve them in that process. Um, and you know, the best examples I've found are when you link it to strategy around what are we trying to achieve as a business, um, yeah. how's our strategy shaping up and how does that link into the core of what we're about and where, where we go next and what we need to do and, and some of the, the headwinds we're facing into. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's very much about doing something intentionally, um, yeah. uh, deliberately with focus, but but but, but get, get good people around you and take, take people with you on the journey. Yeah, I love that. Brilliant. Well, so moving slightly away from purpose, although I'm sure the two things are linked, I'd really love to talk to you about, so you've worked across so many different brands in different industries, Pete, and your perspective is really unique, especially because you have worked in brands that are facing complex B2B audiences, as well as, you know, high street consumer brands. And I think B2B is often seen as giving less powerful brand experience, being the poor cousin of consumer marketing. Uh, and I'd love to get your perspective on, on why you think that is. What's driving that, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it, I mean, it frustrates me as much as it must frustrate the people on this listening to the podcast. I think um, sometimes it's because the budgets are smaller and therefore it's seen as, well, you, you, you can't do a big brand campaign or a big splash with B2B in the way you could with a consumer proposition. Um, but I think you can do some of the most exciting and innovative work in, in B2B because it requires a real discipline around probably equally with B2C, but really knowing your audience, knowing, knowing the sector you're in, knowing the specific unique role you play. And also importantly, finding a way to engage with the ultimate gatekeepers who are going to buy your products, which is you know, not always easy because trying to track those people down in certain businesses and, and sometimes the decision-making processes business go through is not necessarily easy. Um, but I think that there's a level of data and sophistication relationship building in B2B using some of the MarTech platforms, particularly the Adobe's and Salesforce of the world that I think for me make B2B really interesting in how you can use that data to build those relationships over time to get in to meet those influencers to help shape the decisions in a more scientific way than ever before. Um, you know, I think long gone, I, I hope are the days of 
B2B marketing being how many people are we going to get to come to Goodwood races with us to watch the horse race. You know, there's a bit of that still. But I mean, yeah. one, one of the shifts we were able to achieve when I was at Royal and Sun Alliance is to move it from we're doing corporate events to we are doing corporate events, but we're using it to lead generate and build relationship. And then we'll follow up on those afterwards and we'll build this and do this thing next, as opposed to once a year, we'll get, take a bunch of people to do something. Um, so I think it's a level of really exciting sophistication you can now get in B2B that I think makes it one of the most exciting sort of fields you can work in now within marketing. But it does, but it does require you to shift the, the conversation on to be about data relationship uh, and away from some of the, the, I guess, some of the, the pitfalls and perils I've just described that I've seen in my in my career. Yeah, and I think maybe again, great to get your perspective on this. That that there can be an overemphasis on performance marketing rather than on brand and purpose, and 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 actually, brand has an equal role, powerful role, in a B two B context as in a consumer one, right? So, would you agree with that? Yeah, massively. So, I think. Um, because you, you, you're trying to find in a B2B, you're, you're more than ever trying to carve out the space of your uniqueness, aren't you, to go, you know, and, and ultimately, I think there's points you're selling the relationship and selling yourself a lot in those businesses because you're saying to a business, you know, I, I'm your person, you can rely on me. It's it's what I'm offering or what I'm bringing in many instances, particularly at the smaller end of things. Um, so I, I, I think um, I think that that sense of what a business is buying into to trade with you is really important. The ethics, the values, and the things you will then bring to that business. You know, I, I, I'm you know I'm doing a deal with you, and what we'll bring is we'll complement your business. We'll bring this to your business. We'll do this. Um, it becomes an extension of your business in many cases. So therefore, the values, the ethics, the principles, that alignment between those those businesses is I think so important. Especially with if you think about sustainability and the importance of a sort of circular economy model, making sure you know you're a supplier, how you fit into that ecosystem from a a, a B two B perspective is really important, isn't it? It's massively yeah. important. And going back to your businesses and living their purpose and values and knowing they want to uh, have a positive impact on society and the environment and wider, the kind of businesses you work with are an extension of that. Therefore, the, the contracts you've got, the relationships you have, ultimately those businesses need to be an extension of delivering that purpose, delivering that vision. Um, so that yeah. all those things really matter. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose what would your challenge be to any B2B marketers listening to this podcast? You know, how, how do they change that perception, that, that reality that B2B marketing often finds itself in? Well, some of it, I think, is, is I mean, there are really good awards now, much better than there were years ago. So I, I first of all, say don't be afraid to go out and win some trophies. Go and be recognised for your great work and use that as a catalyst to go and celebrate the work. There's also some really good B2B conferences and events now where you can raise the, I think, raise the, the stakes, raise the credibility of, of the area you're in by sharing great work. So I think it's about getting the work seen, getting it out there, getting it recognised, and also getting it in front of people like me. You know, I'm, I'm you know, People that do predominantly B2C marketing are in judging some of these B2B. So actually, it gets the work seen and noticed and recognised um, and, uh, and and get get out there, get the name of your work and what you're doing out there more. Um, but also, I, th- I think, is, is step back and look at within the business you're in around the journey you're on as a marketing function. Where, where are you taking things from and to? Are you transforming it to be more data and relationship led? Are you are you you're driving through a new brand purpose? Well, what are the things you're doing as a hallmark for setting that bar of excellence in the business you're in as well? Um, 
and how exciting and how innovative is that and if not how much more could you make it so um so yeah i think there's lots to go after be braver maybe (laughs) 100 percent. well yeah i think so and and also be more confident about what you're doing because often you know maybe as you say b2b is undersold when actually a lot of great innovation is happening so i think that's back to the point about awards and conferences go and surface and share that innovation and you'll be amazed how how good your work likely is yeah i love that that's brilliant so back to your role as a CMO, I, I just really love to know how your perspective again on the changing role of the CMO, um, you know, how's the role of the CMO changing? Are you expected now to be a business rock star, Pete? <laughs> oh, always. I think the, the, the role's definitely changed into being more around the customer, which maybe sounds really obvious, and to take more of an interest in the overall customer experience how that works within a business, how the data flows connected to that customer experience. So if I look back into the early marketing directors I worked under in my early career and say something like British Gas or the AA, you were a rock star if you delivered the next big campaign. You knocked that campaign out of the park. It was like like these sort of hit albums. You'd kind of go, yeah, amazing, this campaign and this campaign. Um, There's still a degree of needing that in some marketing roles, many marketing roles. But actually, it's become far more around the what are you doing through the connected customer experience? How are you delivering your brand? How are you delivering you know, on what you're communicating, whether it's through performance or brand channels, through into the everyday for customers and, and their lives? So if I look at you know, the current work I've been doing with Boots most recently on Christmas, that's been as much about the experience on Christmas that gets delivered in store and online, what we do around Black Friday and everything that it is just about have have we got an amazing uh, set of creative work to drive trade this Christmas. Um, And and that's equally true when I'm just looking at some of the big things I'm working on with the Advantage card for next year, 25th birthday of Advantage card in 2022. And you go, actually, again, that's as much about the experience as it is about the communication. So that's been the big shift. So marketers, therefore, being more commercial in understanding uh, not just the return investment for, for marketing activity, but the ROI around the connected experience you're, you're giving and how important that is, is is, uh, is is more prevalent than ever. Yeah. Advantage card is the only loyalty card I really use, to be honest. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm a loyal customer, <laughs> by the way. Good to hear that. And as I say, but it's a big plans. 25 years is, is phenomenal. So, yeah. God, I remember big, when that was big, launched. That ages me. <laughs> it's a big year. Big, it's a big, big year big for you. Yeah, brilliant so that sort of concludes our our conversation actually thanks pete and and finally with our bears exhausted uh where was your most memorable picnic and and why oh i i um yeah it was it it was at chessington world of adventures when my son was younger and they had a star wars weekend and we had a picnic and i remember someone dressed as boba fett stole my son's mini roll and just remember my son at the time, he's, tw- he's nearly 21 now, but he was about five yeah. at the time, uh, arguing with Boba Fett around getting his mini roll returned. So <laughs> it was very memorable. And as a lifelong Star Wars fan, one of those things that sort of stays with you. But it was a slightly surreal picnic at Chessington World of Adventures. But yes, very memorable. Fantastic. I love that. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Pete. Thanks so much for your time. It's been really lovely to talk to you this morning and um, talk to you again soon. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Joe. You've been listening to The Challengers, a VCCP business podcast series. For more episodes, visit our website, vccp.com forward slash capabilities forward slash business.